start. Does somebody want to open us up in prayer? Since we have not yet prayed, we probably should have prayed before that dumb game, but it's too late now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Adam, you want to open some prayer? Open some prayer and we'll get started. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Let's let's have some fun real quick. <laughs> Not that kind of fun, but let's have let's, let's have some fun. Uh, let me ask you: Where is Timothy? As Paul's writing to Second Timothy, don't yell it out. Just somebody raise your hand off. Where is it, Josh? He's at Ephesus. Where's Paul? You can yell that one out. He's in prison. Yes. Let's see this. Don't yell it out. Can you name the two people that were spreading false doctrine in the church for Timothy? Can you name one of them? Their names are... Oh, that's not correct. Any. There were Genesis and Embrys, but they weren't the ones spreading false uh, in the church. But they were two names. Good job. I will actually just admit who Janice and Embrys are, so you're ahead of me. Good job. I'm, Demas? Demas is not one of them. He <laughs> just made that name up. No, oh. <laughs> no. Let me tell you a hint. They're not in our passage today. So I'm asking you a question we've looked at before. It's not in our passage today. <laughs> oh man. Yes, Philetus is one of them. Yes. I made it. I made it Yes, I made it Philetus. What was the false doctrine they were spreading? What was the false doctrine they were spreading through the church? Yeah, Riley. Right. He just never... Yeah, there's no resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yes. Good job. Well, let me ask you this, and since Andy brought it up, who are Janice and Jambres? I'll go Kelsey. What did you say? They're not the people who stood with them. They did stand, but it was not... A, it was a different time frame. Yes, yes, yes. Genesis Jambres were the people that stood against Moses. Yes, good job. So, man, let's. Should I throw out more? Or should I just walk away and just? Yeah, we'll just go away. All right? <laughs> we'll walk away as, on a, on a yes on a good hit. <laughs> Second Timothy four. Second Timothy chapter number four. We're going to start reading, and verse number nine. All right, Second Timothy four nine. We're going to start reading. Tune in. Tune in. It says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable for the ministry. And take his have I sent to Ephesus. Now, we are going to, for this week and next week, Lord willing, we're going to be finished with Second Timothy. Because we're going to get to a part of narrative. And if you ever read through this last part, you're going to find out that more and more how the Bible is actually written to actual people. Sometimes I know we think we look at the Bible as a letter to, from God to us. But this is actually Paul writing a letter to actual people to ask some things and to help with some things. So there's two people that jump out of this passage, and you guys have mentioned their names already, that we're going to probably look at tonight as we go through a handout, which is Demas and John Mark. But as we look through this, 
We're going to come to a close, and we want to keep with the context. The context is this. Paul just finished saying, he finished saying it all one time, but we did it like two or three weeks ago. He said, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there will for me a crown of righteousness. And remember, I told you, that crown is not a crown like we would think of a king. Because that's what, we always when we think of biblical crowns, where we have this idea of like you're sitting on a throne with this jeweled crown, and it is not that. The crown of righteousness is like the Olympics, like when they would win the wreath, the wreath back in the day. This is what Paul's talking about. So he said, because I've done these things, I have a crown of righteousness laid up for me. Now, what is the... Let me ask you this real quick, and I don't want to get it out of our hand, but what is the crown of righteousness for? How do you get the crown of righteousness? It's written there in the passage. How do you get the crown of righteousness, Jamie? Um, it would be from the the I guess you can go there technically, but I'm just looking for just the run-of-the-mill answer that's pound in the passage, Kelsey. Yes, the love is appearing. Remember, I told you guys, I gave you the illustration of Shilin. If I told her that we're going to do something, and I say, we're going to, I told you, I think the thing I told Mario Party, yes, I gave you guys the illustration of Mario Party. And I said, if I told Shilin we're going to play Mario Party, when I get home, if she obeys, she can't wait till I walk in the door because she's going to say, Daddy, Daddy, you said, if I was good, you can go right and ask Mommy, I was good, we're going to play Mario Party. For us to get the crowd of righteousness, we have to love the appearing of Jesus Christ. Say, I look for that which is eternal. And so we go in this context, and we go to these two guys. So I want you to think with me, because this is going to be the key to this whole passage. Paul is writing this thinking, I'm about to die. Like, I am looking for the eternal, not what's happening right here. And he calls the name of, he calls six men, but two of them jump out, Demas and John Mark. So let's throw in some blanks, and I want you to keep that mindset as we go through this, because this is what's going to put it all together. So let's what I'm saying. Paul's desire for companionship. Diligence. He tells Timothy, do diligence. Use speed. Make effort. Make effort. The word shortly means speedily. So he says, make effort to get here. Paul really desires to see Timothy because he's going to go on to say that pretty much everyone's left him. He goes on and says, for demons have forsaken me. He says that Crescent has gone to Galatia, probably not for a bad reason, but to preach the gospel. Titus went to Dalmatia, and Luke stayed, and he took a gift, he went to Ephesus, where Timothy is. So he said this, that Paul was nearing the founding of his life and desired fellowship with Timothy and Mark. Now, because this is a narrative passage, I'm not going to take it like I usually do in just one verse. We're going to have to skip around because of the way the passage is written. So, Paul's desire for companionship. Now, this is where we see how Paul is a real individual. Sometimes we have way up here people like that. People are larger than life. We were talking today. Um, Brandon was in my office. And we, we, of course, if you know Brandon, we're probably talking about Kevin Durant. And so we had a, we were talking about Kevin Durant and talking about people are larger than life. And you know, what? if we went and I'll just use KD for. Uh, Brandon's illustrating because that pops into my mind from this morning. Now, if someone throws, if Katie threw out a towel into the stands, and one of you guys got that towel, most of you guys probably say, that's nasty, get that off me. But some of you guys would be like, you'd walk back and you'd be like, oh man, I got this at the game. I've got Katie's towel. It has his sweat. I didn't even wash it off. This is because, so for some reason, there's some people that are just larger than life. Like, but when you know Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, what's that like him? 
They're all just regular guys. They're nobody really special, even though because of what they do, sometimes we think, oh man, they're so great. But this is where we see Paul. Paul is just a regular guy. And Paul is about to die. And he says, Timothy, can you make an effort to get here? Everybody's leaving. Tychicus went off to Ephesus. They're going off to different places. Can you, can you make an effort to get here to see me? Because I'm alone. Now, can you imagine, like, being ready to die? And you have, you're fine with it. You're not, like, not really not, But everybody leaves. Like, oh, well, Paul, we'll see you. We'll see you, Paul. I'm going to go preach the gospel here. Demas leaves. And we see that Paul's a regular guy. Like, he's lonely. Hey, would you please make an effort to come and see me, Timothy? I'm here in prison. And he goes on and he says, bring Mark. So we're going to look at Mark before we look at Demas. In the second passage. Mark, John Mark. The description. And bring him with me for he is profitable for me to, for the ministry. Go ahead and write down profitable is useful. Paul asked for John Mark to come with Timothy because he was profitable for ministry. He was useful for the ministry. If, I want you real quick, if you have your Bible, turn over to Acts chapter 15. Because if you don't know this about John Mark, this is the big thing about John Mark. Acts 15, verse 37. Well, we'll start in verse 36 and read it if you're there. Acts 15, 36. It says this, Some days after, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And when the country was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So, I read this passage for this. John Mark, from before with Paul, Paul did not care for John Mark. Because John Mark, in the heat of the battle, had turned around and went home. Let me paint a picture for you real quick. Barnabas, if you know the story of Barnabas and you know Saul's life. Saul was a murderer. Killed Christians. That's what he did. And so, he has come into the church. Now imagine if today, I mean, well, Osama bin Laden's dead. But imagine if Osama bin Laden came in and he said, I just got saved and I want to join your church. And what would you think? You'd be like, no, but what if he genuinely got saved? Like, he genuinely got saved, and he's like, I genuinely got saved, and I want to serve God. I am excited about serving God. You'd be like, uh, no. Oh, I think Pastor Ferguson would be adding a more to the Constitution about how we can't have ex-terrorists and all that. Like, we'd have all these things going on. Now, picture this. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who's killed Christians. He was there when Stephen the deacon got stoned. And now he's... Well, I'm ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to serve God. I'm ready to do something. And the Bible says that Barnabas, Barnabas' gift is mercy, he sees Paul and he, he latches on to him. Like Barnabas and Paul are pretty much a pair. Like they're best friends now because Barnabas is the only one who's, Barnabas is the only one who's come alongside and said, hey, it's okay. Paul really got saved. He's going to do something for the Lord. Well, the Bible says that John, Mark, and Paul have been traveling. And they traveled, and the Bible says when it got tough, and if you read through the book of Acts, you'll find out when it got tough, John Mark said, hey guys, I'm done, I'm gone. And so 
Paul, Paul Mark's like, what, you're leaving? Okay, you go, you go. Well, then John Mark came back later. But Paul and Barnes and Paul were like, we're going to go travel again. And guess who comes up? John Mark. Hey, hey, guys, I want to go with you. I want to go preach the gospel with you. And Barnes and Paul like, you are, John Mark, you are not going. When it got tough, you left. You, you quit. Don't go back. And Barnes, of course, Barnes, the same thing as he did with Paul. Hey, Paul, I, I friended you. Let's take John Mark. And the Bible says the contention was so sharp that these two that could not have been separated before, Paul says, I'll take Silas and I'll go. I don't need, I don't need John Mark. And Barnum says, then fine, I'll take John Mark and I'll go the other direction. And this is where you have denominations start coming off. No, I'm just kidding. But, then, <laughs> but, this is, but he says, I'm going to go this way and I'm going to go that way. And so now this is John, the same John Mark. Paul writes to Timothy and 2 Timothy says, bring John Mark to me because he's profitable for the ministry. And when we look at this passage, we can learn, I mean, there's so many applications that we can put to this part. But can I just, for, just for tonight, just for tonight's sake, can I say this? Sometimes, when we, especially when we, I shoot at you guys, and we try, I say, you know what, I want you to live this kind of life, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you need that. I am so glad that God allows people to have other second chances. But there are people that have made bad decisions and that in you and your life, as much as I want you to make it, I want you to go farther, I know that some of you may still make bad decisions. When the going gets tough, you may say, hey, with that Christianity stuff, I've got to go a different way. And you decide to go. But the best part of this is that Paul writes again, he says, Timothy, hey, send John Mark. He's profitable. He's useful for me now. And when I look in our lives, I know Sometimes, we, especially as independent Baptists, we make it sound like, hey, if you can't come in here and you can't be faithful to church, don't come. If you can't do this, don't do it. We set the bar so high. And that's what Paul was. Paul said, hey, John Mark, you can't cut it, man. I don't need you to come with me. But then there came back a part where, hey, bring him. He's useful for me. Me and my wife got this text yesterday. I was sitting down, and I was going to read it to you guys, because I hadn't even studied my message yet. But when I read it this morning, it made me think. We had, and I think I told you guys about the young lady, we had a young lady in our youth group in Florida, who was, she was older when I came. Uh, she was 16. She got kicked out of the campus church youth group. And she wouldn't mind if she was sitting right here. She wouldn't mind me telling you guys what I'm about to tell you. She was, in our youth group, if there was a girl that was going to do the wrong thing, it was her. If there was someone who was going to have to worry about the way they are going to be dressed, it was her. I remember when we first, our new pastor, when we first got a new pastor in Florida, she came to the activity that we had in his house, and she was not dressed appropriately. And this is like the first time, like, meet the pastor. Like, he's coming to Buzz Golf, and he comes in, and I'm the youth pastor, youth guy. I've come in, and all the teens are coming in, and she is not even, I mean, it, like, unsafe people would have said, what are you doing? This is the pastor. You're going to meet the new pastor. And I remember doing that, and I remember like just working with her, and she went off, and she went off and married a guy that she had met for two weeks, and they had a, a struggle of a marriage. I mean, there was times where I would talk to them, and I thought the best thing was divorce. I was like, if you just guys just separate, leave each other, you go back to your mom and dad, and just get away. I, I mean, the situation was bad. But now I've told you guys before that now they're at West Coast, and now he's studying at West Coast, and they're, they're serving out there and trying to serve the Lord. But this is a text that... Um, uh, Carly said to me and my wife yesterday, says, you drew a dress to my mind today, and I want to say thank you for everything you've done for me. 
I know I wasn't where I needed to be spiritually in my teenage years, but you guys showed me Christ like, like love anyway. You prayed for me and befriended me. You've made a big impact on me just by the compassion you had on me. You'll never fully know how much God used you in my life. You're an encouragement and an inspiration to me, and I've been blessed to know you. Thank you for not giving up on me, Cody. Not, I mean, Cody, and I pray for your family daily and trust the Lord is taking care of you and shining you with blessings. Can't wait to see you guys again. Love and miss you all. And when I got that text yesterday, like, I kind of knew what the passage was, and I'm like, that's John Mark. Like, yes, yes, sometimes we do. Like, I stand up and I say, I want you to do this, and I do. I want you to make it. But can I tell you this? God's grace is sufficient. And even when we make crazy mistakes, even when we go and do things that we know we ought not to do, God is still there, and he says, come on. Hey, if you want to come back, hey, sing John Mark for me, because he's profitable now. When the going got tough before, yeah, he cut out. And yeah, I got mad at him. I said, he's not coming anymore. But I looked at his life, and he's profitable. Would you bring him back? So he's the first name that jumps out off the page, because the Bible says that he said, bring John Mark for he's profitable. And go on. It says, Paul's description of his, um, did I give you, yeah, Acts 15, 37 through 40, your bottom blank. But Paul's description of his condition. Three men mentioned this passage that were, um, I think it's four men. Four men mentioned this passage that were no longer with Paul and only Luke was left. Demas is the first one. Crescens is the second one. Titus and Tychicus. I believe Tychicus is mentioned in another passage, but Crescens is the only time he's mentioned. We don't know a lot about it. Of course, we know Titus, because we have a whole, Paul wrote a whole letter to Titus. Yes, ma'am. Titus. Yes. Titus, and then take a kiss. But then, of course, jumps off the page, Demas. Do I deal to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. His description was this, he hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. The word forsaken means to desert, to leave behind. Is that a blank? No. No, it's not. All right. Desert to leave behind. And the same as present is now, and then world is an age, is a period of time. This is another thing I want us to grasp real quick, because sometimes, and I believe there's well-meaning people, but I'm just, when we go through 2 Timothy, I'm trying to give it to you verse by verse. We're just trying to look at what God says, and I'm not trying to put anything onto it. And I know well-meaning people have preached on Demas being this, like, worldly guy, but if you read the passage, the Bible says that Demas has deserted Paul for the now, for this present age, for this period of time. So pretty much this is what I want to, and then we'll give you the last few blanks. Before we paint a picture of Demas, I want you to see where Demas is. Remember the context. I told you the context is this. Paul saying, I fought a good fight, I've kept the faith. Henceforth is laid for me a crown of righteousness. For those who do what? What do, they, what do they do for the crown of righteousness? What do you do? Love is appearing. So now here it is. Paul continues writing, and Paul's about to die. Same thing with John Mark. Times are getting tough. And you know what Demas says? Demas says, Paul, I'm out of here. Like, I gotta go. Paul, Demas doesn't want to be lumped in with Paul. It's almost like the disciples, when they came to get Jesus, and all the disciples were like, Jesus, we'll never leave you. So and so may leave you, so and so, but we will never. The soldiers come, grab Jesus, the Bible says, disciples flee. And this is what Demas is. Time is getting tough for Paul. You're about to die? I don't, I don't want to be associated with Paul right now. And so he leaves, having loved this present world as his, his age. He wants his life. 
And so sometimes we do paint him. If you look at the passage, I'm just I'm not adding anything to the passage. I will look at the passage just the way God wrote it. I do not believe that Demas was somewhere the guy. I do not believe that Demas went left Paul, and then you find him at some nightclub in Thessalonica. I don't think that's what happened. I don't think it was like Demas is like, oh well, I'm not sort of doing this God thing anymore. This is what Demas throwing your blank, and then we'll talk about it. This is where Demas left Paul because his focus was on the present instead of the eternal. Demas left Paul because his focus was on the present instead of the eternal. I believe that Demas would be just like people that you know that have sat in this youth group and that have gone on. You know what? They're not in church right now, but they're not doing anything terrible. They're not out getting drunk. They're not, they're not sleeping around with their, their wife or their husband. They're not doing anything crazy. They're just not where they need to be. Because they're focused on the now versus the eternal. And so we look at John Mark. I told you, he's the guy, the first guy jumps off the page. Because God gives him a second chance. Hey, he's profitable for me. Come back, John Mark. I can use you. We look at Demas, and I believe Demas is where we all fall. Because this is where Demas is. I am looking at my current circumstances, and I'm not looking at eternity. Can I tell you guys this? The Bible talks about heaven. And I know sometimes it's hard for us to grasp because we're not there. It's almost like setting a goal for something like way, way out in advance. Me and Mr. Bowery were talking, uh, me and Tracy were talking about this, about, uh, like I told her I was, we were setting goals for my goal. Of course, some of you guys know that I wouldn't lose 30 pounds by the time I turn 30. And so I am 22 pounds, and I've got 8 pounds, so I'm living in this constant state of hunger all the time because I think I can get like 8 more. And I, uh, we went to Sonic yesterday and had drinks, and the lady was like, would you like mozzarella sticks for that? And I was like, no. And so she said no, and she walked the and I told my wife, I lied. I want lots of mozzarella sticks. I want multiple mozzarella sticks. But I, but I did not. But I set a goal that I thought would be attainable. And this is what happens a lot of times. <laughs> this is what happens a lot of times in our lives. We look at heaven. And when you're 13, 14 years old, 15, 16 years old, heaven looks so far away. I mean, Pastor Burton, I still got to get, I got to go to college get married, have like 15 kids. There's a whole lot of things I've got to do before. <laughs> None of you have thought that. <laughs> but there's a whole lot of things I have to do before I get here. And sometimes we look at our life, and this is where Demas is. Demas is looking at his life. Paul sitting about to die. Paul sitting in prison. Hey, is this what I signed up for? Like, you mean, Paul's writing letter to Timothy. Hey, I fought a good fight after... I don't know if I'm all about this. Like, whoa. I don't want to go out and do anything crazy, but I've got a life to live right now. I mean, Paul, I appreciate this, but I'm going to go to Thessalonica, and I'm going to go live the life I want to live. And I don't believe in demons, because I believe some people, because it says he has love this present world, we can grab that in our, in our vernacular, and we can run with it. But I don't believe that's what he's saying. It's just, he's looking at the present. I don't want to die. I, I mean, I appreciate Paul. I appreciate all he does. But I've got a life I want to live. And Demas would describe this generation. Just the phrase YOLO. You only live once. Like that describes what Demas is. That does. 
Like, you only live once. And this is Demas, Demas. If you look at Demas, the life of Demas, this is how he would be described. Hey, Paul, I understand. And I really want to go and serve God. I really do. But, but what about right now? Like, what about, what, am I like, what about my life right now? If you look up, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I thought it was interesting. And in Hitchcock Bible names, if you look up uh, Demas' name, Demas means popular. Hey, Paul, I can't do that right now. I'm living my life. Like, I appreciate what you're doing. And, man, you're a great example, Paul. But I'm going to look at Thessalonica. <laughs> I, I can't handle this. This is the way I want to live. And this is what will happen to most of us if we're not careful. We'll be like a demon. Hey, I'm not, when I get out of youth group, I don't plan on going and doing things crazy. I'm not going to live with anybody. I'm not going to go do this. But I don't want to live the, way, the life God has for me. That, that would cost me too much. I don't want to go to a job and be the only person that actually goes to church and tries to serve God. I don't want to do that. I don't, even right now, I don't want to go to school and be the only person that stands up and does it right. You know what? I appreciate it. And I really look at what, what Paul, what you're doing. Hey, Pastor Good, I really appreciate what you're doing, what you preach. I really do appreciate that, but I'm going to go with Thessalonica because I only live once. This is my life. And we look at Demas, this is how he's described. Hey, I, he left. He forsook. Paul, I'm gone. Can't live like this. That's what most of us will be. Because, to be perfectly honest, we're materialistic. We don't look at heaven. We don't look for that crown of righteousness. We are not, and I'm, and I'm, I'm putting myself in the same thing, we are not, like I told you about the illustration of silence, we are not standing waiting for Jesus Christ to come back. I cannot wait till the Lord comes back. Now I'm going to tell you, there are lots of days that I do. A lot of stuff is going on. I'm just like, I tell my wife, I'm like, it would be a wonderful day if Jesus Christ came back right now. And I didn't have to deal with this. But when we look at our lives, that's not how we live. It's, hey, if I can do this, wait till I can. And I'm not saying there's not something to good to having goals and setting goals in your life, but I want you to do that. But ultimately, it's not about this life. If I'm here 70, 80 years, 90, 100 Maybe if I get 105, I might really wrinkly and like blowing out a big cake and a big candle. If I make that, if I make 105 years old, what does that pay in eternity? It's a drop in the bucket. But see, we like Demas. Look at right now. My friends, I've got, I, can't, I can't live like that. My friends, what will they do? I can't live like that. What? I will never get to do Demas. Popular. Beats popular. Well, I, I can't do what I want to do. The Bible says, Demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world. So if we look at Paul's slowly closing this letter, two people jump out. John Mark, the guy who gets a second chance. And I want to tell you guys the same thing. Hey, I sure hope that you guys make wise decisions. I sure hope that you guys one day leave you group, and man, it would be awesome to me to get a text every now and then, Hey, I'm doing such and such. I just got to do such and such for the Lord. I would love that. But can I tell you, if you go out and make dumb decisions and try and, I mean, pretty much go out and ruin your life, I want to hear the day when it comes back that, hey, so-and-so, they went off the deep end, they, but bring them back. They're profitable into the ministry. They've changed some things. They're, they're profitable, like John Mark. And then Demas, we got to be careful. Because we look at this present world, 
Hey, this is exactly where I want to be. I'm looking at right now. Hey, I only get one life, and I'm gonna, I only get one teenage years, I'm gonna use it. No. Because Paul says, hey, I'm looking for that crown of righteousness. And everybody can get it. Not just me, everybody can get it. Who loves his appearing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your word. God, and I thank you so much for this passage. God, and just what it's done in my life. We're just, and Lord, as we wrap up this letter, Lord, they're just, just random thoughts. Lord, that you've inspired and put in your word that, Lord, can work in our hearts. And God, I ask you to help that to be the case. God, that we would look at these things and God, not be a demon. God, I pray that none of these would even have to worry about being a John Mark, Lord, that they wouldn't need the, the big second chance. But Lord, if they get it, if they need it, Lord, that you're a God who's gracious and Lord, who's willing to bring us back and still use us. God, please help us to be the youth group that you want us to be. We love you and we thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.